When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for yet another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. So I went to a frag swap the other day. Yeah, a frag swap. And that's a real, for those of you that don't know, it's kind of a fun affair, sort of a time-honored reef-keeping tradition where you trade coral frags and stuff like that. It's the first one I'd been to this side of the pandemic. And in fact, it's the first one I'd been to in a few years. And since I'm in the process of uh, creating my next reef aquarium, the timing couldn't be better. It was a chance to catch up with some old friends, see some hot corals, and just geek out a bit with people who have a common interest in this stuff. And it was a really good time. And the discussions were a lot of fun. Of course, there was a lot of good-natured teasing from my friends about my love of twigs and leaves and what they call dirty brown water and that kind of stuff. And of course, I was able to give that shit right back because, you know, that's how I am. And it was fun. Like many of you, I'm not just strictly a freshwater kind of hobbyist. Yeah, you know me as the guy who loves leaf litter and fungal growth and biofilms, but my hobby experience is way more than just that. I've been keeping fishes literally since I could walk. And during that time, I've run the gamut from freshwater to brackish to salt to everything in between. And yeah, saltwater, specifically reef aquariums. Excuse me. Yeah, Google me prior to about 2015, and almost every reference to my name is from the reef side of the hobby articles, lectures, conference appearances, etc. Always saltwater, always reef. And from about 1986 to about 2015, that was my main jam. I was obsessed with corals and reef aquariums and fishes. And I owned a coral propagation company, you know, got to travel around the world and talk to people about reef tanks. It was a lot of fun. Now, sure, during that time, I did, excuse me, a lot of work with this blackwater botanical stuff and natural aquariums in general. But reef aquariums and corals were my jam. That was my thing. And where am I going with this? Well, I'm trying to, am I trying to brag about my reef keeping pedigree? No, 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 I'm not doing that. What I'm trying to get across is that it's completely possible to do both and to do both really well. And you should if you're up to it. Now, I fielded a number of questions from our community lately about getting into reef tanks. And I thought on this, you know, fine summer day, it might be a good time to touch on the subject a bit. It's Summer is a time when a lot of us dream about the things we're going to do when the weather cools down in the fall and we get back, you know, indoors and and play a little more with our tanks. So why not talk about this now? Now, as I mentioned from the outset, I'm, you know, knee deep in planning my next reef tank, which I hope to have up by the fall. And I've been reconnecting with my reef community friends and diving back into that culture with sort of a different mindset than I had before. Less business oriented and more hobby oriented. That's pretty cool. It's a lot of fun. And it's making me a better botanical style aquarium keeper too. Giving me a lot of ideas and realizing how the stuff we're doing here is is trickling over there. Uh, Now I know, having spent my life in both fresh and salt water, that they're tremendously different from each other in many ways, yet an argument could be made that there are absolute crossover skills that can benefit you on both sides of the salinity line, as they say. Uh, we're going to be talking about this much more in the next, hopefully next week or so. My, my buddy Jake Adams from Refilters is going to be a guest here, and we're going to have a good conversation on that. He's a remarkable freshwater and reef aquarist with a lot of really cool insights, and I think you'll enjoy it. 
Now, there's common mindsets and philosophies, which if you've acquired in the freshwater world, they'll serve you brilliantly in the reef world. Conversely, if you have a poor understanding of the freshwater world and some bad habits and act impulsively, those will predictably hobble you in the reef keeping world too. And having been active at high levels on both sides, I can look at things kind of objectively. To be quite honest, one observation I've made in my freshwater travels and interactions with fellow hobbyists, though, has me scratching my head, so I'll, I'll just address it here. I've noticed this sort of fear that the freshwater community as a whole seems to have for reef keeping. Like, it's this mysterious thing, a, a tremendous amount of insecurity, if you will, about the technology, the practices, the environments, the parameters, all that kind of stuff. And a lot of that fear keeps freshwater hobbyists from doing little more than simply looking at reef tanks. It's absurd. It's stupid. Trust me when I say that you have nothing to fear. Nothing. <clears throat> of course, I have to qualify it. You have nothing to fear if, <laughs> if you prepare yourself and you're honest about what you want. If you have correct expectations. There's nothing philosophically different about reef keeping than what I've been beating you over the head with about botanical style tanks for the last six years. You simply are applying it to a different medium. Keeping a reef tank is not hard. It simply requires you to understand some different types of environmental parameters, ecological considerations, how to set up, optimize, and manage the appropriate equipment to accomplish what needs to be done to help corals and reef fishes thrive. Yeah, it's no different than what we do here. It just isn't. Now, I realize that anytime somebody writes uh, or, or, or uh, an article about or has a podcast about, you know, you should do saltwater, it's usually filled with a lot of sugary, pious platitudes and watered-down expectations of what reef keeping is and how you can use that gear from your freshwater tank in your reef and blah, 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 blah. Well, I'll just say it. Likely you cannot. But the reality is you can keep uh, a successful reef tank if you're successful in freshwater, if you understand the basics of aquarium keeping. I mean, after all, the idea here is to encourage you to try it. However, downplaying the real challenges and the expenses in an effort to sort of cheerlead you into a reef tank is just stupid. At the risk of you know, giving another one of those syrupy pleas to do the same. I'm going to give you some of the encouragement that you need. However, I will also give you an upfront ass kicking as only I can, of course, because it's what I do. And if it discourages a few of you from jumping into the reef game with an unrealistic set of expectations and the wrong attitude, then I'll have succeeded as well. Ouch. I know that hurts, right? Look, don't go into the reef keeping side of the hobby. If you're not willing to do a little research, don't go into it if you're trying to do it on the cheap, figuring you'll start out with some cheap, junky, barely sufficient gear and tell yourself that you'll get what you need later. You'll fail and you'll hate reef keeping before later ever happens. That's virtually a fact a high percentage of the time. It just, it just is. I know it sounds harsh and that's contrary to what a lot of these you know, self-professed you know, aquarium people are telling you, but it's, it's true. And then of course, there's always that guy in Tulsa that did a reef tank with his 40 breeder and an Eheim 2015 and a couple of power heads or whatever, but that's him. I mean, even a broken clock is correct twice a day, right? There's always an example of somebody that's doing something stupid and succeeding. Sorry, if you want to succeed in reef keeping, just like any other part of the aquarium hobby, you need to get proper equipment. Cobbled together shit just buys you time until something goes wrong. There is a difference between smart and inexpensive and dumb and cheap. And there's no need to rush. Take your time, research, accumulate the correct stuff, buy gear over two years if that's what it takes, whatever. Ouch, I know that that hurts, but that's just giving you the same love I'd give you in the, the you know, freshwater side. And there's more. Don't, don't put down the, uh, the, you know, your coffee just yet. <laughs> don't think about reef keeping if you don't want to dedicate yourself to observation and looking critically at your animals and understanding their needs and providing for them. 
Yes, it's fundamental to all aquariums, but really critical in reef keeping. <clears throat> Excuse me. Most reefers who fail, fail because they don't make the effort to understand what's happening in their tanks. They just don't. They rely on the guy in the forum, the, uh, the opinions of others, the, the, you know, the hope that maybe this product will fix this or that. They don't understand what is causing the root problem. And that's sad. Now, you don't have to be a lab tech to keep a reef tank, but you need to understand some of the basics of saltwater chemistry and how stuff like calcium, magnesium, and all that stuff is important to corals. And look, if you're not willing to educate yourself on basic reef chemistry, which is really not complicated, trust me, then just don't start a reef tank. Again, it sounds harsh, and it's very contrary to a lot of the advice you hear from a lot of people, but don't get yourself into something that you're just going to be miserable with and waste a lot of money with in the process and to kill some animals. Understand that you will have to contend with stuff like algae, fish diseases, coral pests. That's part of any tank. I mean, it's no different than freshwater. You might have to unlearn stuff you knew in the freshwater world, and procedures might be a little bit different. You'll have to think about interactions between corals and how you can't have all sorts of stuff in a small tank. You'll need to grasp some stuff that seems counterintuitive or even just weird, like you don't really have to have a substrate in your aquarium. Or you can understand that you don't need to acclimate corals. They're literally self-acclimating organisms biologically. I know that's hard to get your head around. It was for me and stuff like that eludes even some reefers. But it's an example of the kind of stuff you need to be open-minded to. So why not just be open-minded right from the start? Most important of all, though, it's to have realistic expectations. And those are generally best acquired by educating yourself about what's really going on in the reef aquarium world, just like it is in the botanical style stuff. Don't just read my articles and listen to my stuff. Go out there and talk to people, look at them, try them, play them, uh, play with tanks, etc. You know, learn and experience. There's so many misunderstandings about reef aquariums, even within the reef keeping community, that I can see how, you know, it it's, can be intimidating or just plain, I don't know, confusing to a lot of people. And there's a few generalized myths out there that really serve to sort of poison the well about reefs. And we should just sort of puncture them for you. So let's take a second or two to just do that. Here goes. And there's no sugar shit coating here. Oh, wait. One thing that is not a myth. The reef keeping hobby is expensive. I'm not going to lie to you. Equipment, corals, fishes, they're all pretty pricey. The f that's a fact. And something we can discuss, you know, in more detail at a later time. It's been discussed in a lot of really great, you know, podcasts and blogs, but what we could discuss at some other time. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Some stuff is overpriced, like some coral frags. Some stuff like technology is appropriately expensive. It just is. Uh, and there's many ways to save money. Um, and, and some things like, like maricultured coral are not pricey enough because there's a lot of work that goes into those things. And it's weird. It's an interesting thing. And yeah, you're going to find that there are ways to save money. Again, buying used equipment, you know, DIY stuff, trading corals. And yeah, reef hobbyists are about as generous as any freshwater hobbyist as well when it comes to this kind of stuff. You often go to one of these events and walk out with a bucket full of coral frags. That's just the way people are. It's a pleasant surprise for many of you, no doubt, and something that's unique to the fish world in general, and I love it. And that's good. But you need to be realistic and understand that reef keeping is pricey. It just is. So anyway, let's sort of start attacking some of these myths in no particular order. So like myth number one would be, you know, you have to be a marine biologist to understand how to keep a reef tank. Because you hear a lot of stuff, a lot of terms babbled about really easily. Well, have you ever talked to planted tank people? Pretty crazy. This is such utter bullshit that I'm just going to whack you upside the head with it right out of the gate. Be serious. 
You understand the nitrogen cycle, okay? Good, that puts you halfway there. Oh, sure, you need to learn about a bunch of other stuff like the calcium alkalinity dynamic and understanding, uh, have an understanding of lighting, flow, nutrients, animal com- you know, compatibility. How is this any different than any other tank you have? Like, is this so damn hard? Of course not. I could tell you I, I, a lot of these things and it would sound scary, but I couldn't tell you jack shit about how to keep a planet aquarium with all the estimative index and nutrient requirement mumbo jumbo. I mean, ask any reefer. They're far more intimidated about a planted freshwater tank than they are about even the most demanding stony coral tank. It's true. And yeah, I do know a lot of barely competent aquarists who keep decent reef tanks, believe it or not. It's just not that hard if you learn the rules. You can easily, easily learn all this stuff. Just spend a little time on that you know, internet thing and visit a few key sites like Reef Builders, Reef to Reef, Reefs.org, etc., etc. There's a lot of information out there. You can find pretty much all you need to know to be a successful reefer. And yes, you need to weed through the misinformation that abounds on many forums, but you'll learn pretty quickly what's real. And how is this any different than freshwater? It's just not. So my second myth would be that you need a lot of very expensive gear to run a reef tank. We talked about this just a bit before, but here we go again. Sure, I'd be lying to you if I said it was super cheap to properly outfit a reef aquarium. And over the years, I mean, I've outfitted some reef tanks with equipment that collectively cost more than my first car. Yet, you don't have to have every single fancy piece of gear out there. And you don't have to buy the ultimate top-of-the-line stuff either. You just have to purchase good stuff. Make good decisions. And some of today's all-in-one aquariums have a good percentage of what you need built in. The amount of technology and gear that you need to incorporate into your tank is largely driven by what kinds of animals you intend to keep, what size aquarium you're keeping, and what kind of budget you have. Excuse me. It can vary, and there's no cookie-cutter formula to having exactly the right equipment for every single type of reef aquarium. Every tank's sort of a custom solution, and that's kind of the fun of it. Just get your head around that stuff, and you'll be good. Now, again, how is this different than, I don't know, equipping a nature aquarium or a high-tech planted tank or a discus tank with all those glass pipes and canister filters and dosers and all that stuff? It really isn't. You could spend a ton on both if that's your thing. Or you could be modest and have something pretty killer. It doesn't have to be totally crazy expensive. My advice is to study what you need. Study the market and don't, you know, buy cheap junk. I keep saying this, I know, but I tell you this in freshwater too. Uh... Stop spending money on cobbled together aquariums with low-grade crap. If it doesn't serve you in freshwater, and it, 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 and it won't, it will just frustrate the shit out of you in the reef world. Trust me. Yes, you don't have to buy the top-of-the-line stuff, but you don't need to buy cheap knockoff junk either. That's a complete waste of money, and it always comes back to bite you on the ass. It just does, so please don't do that. Don't do that even in freshwater. My third myth would be you need all sorts of test equipment to be successful. Well, it's kind of a myth. To be honest, if you're going to keep corals, which require calcium, magnesium, etc., then you need to be able to test your water for these things. These elements are important for your coral health and growth, and you can't just wing it and assume that you have enough of these compounds present in your tank because you're changing water or whatever. Corals demand and, and, and take up a lot of these things. That being said, you don't need to test for every single factor in, in a reef. To me, essential tests would be the usual stuff. I mean, and I don't even use these that much, but ammonia, nitrate, uh, nitrate, excuse me, and then phosphate, alkalinity, magnesium, calcium, and nitrate. Not all that much different than a planted freshwater tank in terms of the number of parameters you want to keep an eye on. But the reality is you, you don't need to monitor every single thing every day. You just need to check it weekly or, or every other week or whatever. 
And sure, you could send your water samples into one of these companies which offer 40-parameter ICP-OES analysis and know how much you know vanadium or molybdenum are in, present in your tank, but you don't have to. And a lot of people enjoyed that stuff, and that's okay, but these advanced tests are useful for diagnosing problems and maybe figuring out baseline parameters when your tank is just firing, but they're not a mandatory for success kind of thing. Now, one word of advice, knowing the specific gravity or saltiness, I guess you'd call it in the vernacular, uh, the specific gravity of your reef tank is really important. Corals don't like big changes in, in you know, specific gravity. And just don't waste your money on those cheap, you know, swing arm hydrometers to check specific gravity of your water. I know they're cheap and, you know, everybody has them and stuff. They're wildly inaccurate. They're prone to failure. They're easy to break. Just save and spring for like an 80 to, I don't know, 120 US dollar digital refractometer or digital, you know, um, salinity tester. Yep, the, the refractometers are awesome. You put a few drops of water in there, and in seconds you get a digital readout that's stupidly accurate in either parts per thousand or specific gravity, depending on which measurement you use. Great way to go. No guesswork. And get high-quality test kits or handheld meters if you can afford them. Yeah, this stuff adds up, but having accurate information at your fingertips is critical to a successful reef tank experience. Situational awareness, sort of knowing what's going on in your reef tank is really important, as it is with any aquarium. There's no substitute for observation, of course, but having a working knowledge of your aquarium's environment will keep you on top of things. And the information you glean from regular testing and observation will continue to help grow the body of knowledge in reef keeping practice, just like it does here in botanical-style stuff. I guess my, my final myth I'm trying to talk about here is you need the one that says you need to have a large you know, aquarium to have a reef tank. It's another one of those sort of partially true ideas that you hear tossed around by reefers. The idea of keeping so-called nano and reef tanks is really appealing. You know, nano reef tanks is really appealing to people. And yeah, there are arguments about it being more challenging to maintain stability in a small body of water. And then there's the counter argument that it's far easier and less expensive to outfit a, you know, 15 to 20 gallon tank than a 75 to 225 gallon one. You can go all over the place with this thing. Um, there's talks about stability. There's talks about, you know, um, you know, the size of the fishes and that you can keep and blah, blah, blah. I mean, you can go everywhere. So here's my thinking on this. It's absolutely entirely possible to keep some corals in a small aquarium if you're on top of the maintenance, the top off, and you're able to provide for their needs adequately, you know, flow and lighting, all that kind of stuff. My main argument against tiny reef tanks is that there's a few challenges associated with environmental control in them. The bigger argument against small reef tanks is that they play against some of our psychology. Yeah, psychology. Think about it. We as hobbyists love to collect stuff, and reefers are probably the ultimate in this. They love to collect corals and fishes, and a small tank simply doesn't give you that ability to add a little of this or a little of that without heavy consideration. It's part of the fun of reef keeping is acquiring stuff. I know it sounds weird, but that's part of the thing. It's a hunter-gatherer thing. I don't know what it is. I mean, look, you can't add a little of this or a little of that in a, in a large tank without consideration either, but you can get away with a little bit more. The chemical composition between corals, called allelopathy, is very real, and some will be more assertive than others. Corals like Galaxia will sting the living shit out of a submissive coral like a Montipora. Um, you'll hear about all this stuff as you read on and, and talk to other reefers. And it could be a real problem in a small tank with limited real estate. When somebody pulls that whole eminent domain thing, uh, it, well, you'll end up with one dominant coral in the tank often. It happens. You just have to think about it. I'm not saying not to start with a small tank. I'm just saying that you should understand going with your eyes wide open. Understand and accept the limitations that smaller tanks impose upon our desires. 
It's more about what you can't do with a small tank than what you can, in my opinion. Uh, that doesn't have to be a negative. It just needs to be understood. And again, I'm not discouraging the whole nano tank thing. There's some really cool, well-equipped nano tanks, and you'll see some beautifully done nano tanks by people that know what they're doing. You just have to know what you're doing. Again, not hard. I like medium to large tanks for reef aquariums for the reasons I just said and for tons more. However, you absolutely do not need a huge tank to have a reef aquarium. Get yourself a 50 to 75 gallon tank, outfit it properly, and you're golden in my opinion. Okay, so here's a bonus sort of consideration for you today. Do you want a reef aquarium or a coral aquarium? Like you're like, what the fuck? (laughs) There's a distinction here. A reef aquarium is one in which you're trying to recreate the reef environment. It's, you know, a diverse assemblage of corals, fishes, live rocks, sand, macroalgae, all that stuff. A coral aquarium is just that, an aquarium which specializes in keeping corals, virtually at the expense of everything else. The biological diversity of the tank is created by the coral tissues and any associated biosha that they sort of bring along for the ride. No sand, no excess live rock, etc. Just corals, fishes, and the environment which suits their health and growth. It's really compelling, and it's a lot of fun, and a lot neater looking than you think. But it's an important question to ask yourself, and it's something that you probably haven't even thought about all that much, right? Again, this little rant is just that. It's a little rant, a start, a very basic one. Very, very basic. And quite frankly, I'm a little rusty myself. It's been, you know, five years since I've been active in this world, and getting back into it has just opened my eyes again and um, made me reflect on my own experiences, and hopefully those can help you. I think this might be one of the most honest and possibly even brutal breakdowns of the reef keeping game that I've ever given. Look, there's so many more topics that I want to cover in this area that it's not even funny, but this is a start. And I suppose I'll be documenting my new reef tanks journey when it gets underway and it might encourage or discourage you from doing your own. And most of all, I hope it makes you think to stop, to get pissed off at me or whatever. Look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself if you really want to do a reef tank. Look, keeping corals in reef tanks is fun. It's rewarding. It's neat. You just need to familiarize yourself with their needs and requirements. I can't say this enough. It's absolutely no different in that regard than any other aspect of aquarium hobby. Education, common sense, discipline, and patience go a long way. The one overarching thing about this whole topic is that you don't need to be afraid to make that jump. You just need to look at the realities of this type of tank, just as you would a botanical-style tank, an embuna tank, planted tank, or discus aquarium, whatever. You just need to learn, and then do. Stay bold. Stay informed. Stay critical. Stay excited. Stay diligent. And always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Fellman from Tannin Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tannin.